What's up, guys? This is Chad Kroger coming in with the Going Deep with Chad and JT podcast. This is episode 48? Something. And I'm here with my compadre, Jean Thomas. What up? What up, dude? Boom clap, stokers. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I've been having a um, good day. Yeah. Good weekend. What'd you do today? I, um, I'm almost embarrassed to say because it's so low stakes and it'll really make people think less of my... Uh, um, hardships, but, um, I, uh, woke up pretty early, did some going deep stuff. Mm -hmm. Then, um, I, uh, went to therapy, Mm -hmm. unloaded some shit to, uh, Dr. Penn, same therapist as, uh, Pete Holmes. Nice. And then I, uh, went to the gym and I boxed with our dear friend, uh, Four Trees. Bob. And then I, um, did a podcast prep and now here I am. Sweet. Yeah. How how was your day? Solid. I, uh, woke up. Um, I went surfing, then I decided to become a metalhead, so I started just diving into that world and got real dark and dirty and in touch with the devil, and I, like, feel like a edgier guy now, I'm stoked on that, and now I'm rocking, like, some pretty heavy gear, and I'm really stoked on that, and then, um, I did some podcast prep, uh, edited some videos, edited some videos, and then, um... Fired off some emails. Yeah, I was I was CC'd on some of those. You sent some really solid emails. Oh, today. thanks, dude. I yeah. like emailing. You're really good at it. It's uh, yeah. one of my. I, I enjoy tasks like that. Yeah, it it makes me feel good when you fire it off. You're like, all right. You got a good logistical mind. Oh, thanks. Uh, How would you say I am at emailing? I'm. You're good at writing. Oh, dude, thanks. But, but uh, I'd say a subpar. No pun intended at checking. There's just a deluge of messages that come in, and it's hard for me to sift through which ones matter. Yeah, I've never understood. Like, you're one of those dudes. Uh, Caroline's the same way. You look at their phone, it's like 100 messages, 10,000 emails, like 69 voicemails, and you're like, you're like you don't want to check any of those? I, I don't get it. Well, I guess if, I figure if there's an important one, they'll follow up. <laughs> Please. Please call back. Yeah. Please. Once I get the please call back, I'm like, all right, something's going on here. Sean Thomas. Sean Thomas. Sean Thomas, please call me back. It's your mother. But you know, when I do call her back, she goes, I have to tell you something and it's very important and I want you to know this. And I'm like, what's coming? She goes, I love you. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, got it. Yeah. Very nice to hear though. Good call. Dude, I, um, yeah, so I was, my weekend was solid. I saw a movie with you on Saturday, Anniversary yeah. Apocalypse. Fun, low-budge film. I wasn't, it was like so far from what I was expecting, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. It had so many different genres and stuff going on yeah. in it. It was tough for me to like even place it, but I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. And then I saw the movie Roma by Alfonso Cuaron that night. Yeah. Dude, masterpiece. One of the best movies I've ever seen. Intimate, but still had like scope and really put you in like a specific place and time. And it was really cool. And uh, one of my buddies, though, was uh, laughing during the entire mo- movie, even during serious parts. Was it supposed and to be funny at all? No. I mean, it was funny at points. Yeah, it had some humor in it. But he was laughing at not funny parts. And I got a little bit uh, grandpa-ish about it. I was like, please stop laughing. Did he explain? Was he like, this is why I'm laughing? He said, I can't help it. And he's like, if it's funny, I'm going to laugh. Well, at least he, this is A-bomb, am I correct? Yeah. At least he knows, uh, he knows his sense of humor. That's true. And he's like, oh, I think that shit's funny. Yeah. He's not looking for approval from people. Right. Where people start laughing and say, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't one of those. Yeah. I did that laugh. I, I was with a girl at a comedy show mm-hmm. on Friday, and she, she was my date. Yeah. And um, 
like if we didn't talk for a couple minutes, I'd laugh extra at a joke. I go, ha! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if you even go on a date to a comedy show and like they make jokes and you're like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you laugh like a different person. I'm just a cheerful guy. Yeah, I'm fun. This guy's hilarious. Harmless but exciting. That's what I'm always going for. <laughs> you're like on the date, you're like, man, that guy was so funny. And then you see your your dogs and you're like, how was it? You're like, he's hot trash. Yeah. Change the story. Yeah. Dude, I went back to that same um, venue to get my credit card back because I had left it there. Yeah. And there was a big party going on, and I recognized a lot of the people at the party. Yeah. And they were uh, friends of my ex. Oh. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, okay, but whatever. I'm going to get my credit card. And as I was waiting to get my credit card, I saw her on the other side of the bar. Wait, when was this? On Sunday night, last night. Oh, shit. Walk by. Biggest smile I've ever seen on her face. Then she darted into the bathroom. And I ran out of the place without getting my credit card. It's still there. She didn't there. say hi? She didn't see me. I oh. saw her, but she didn't see me. Oh. Yeah. It's very uh, poetic or something. I thought she like looked at you and like smiled and went to the bathroom. No, no. She smiled like obliviously. Like, oh. She was in her own world. Yeah. That's juicy stuff. Yeah. And then I, I looked and I went, and I ran out. <laughs> what were your feelings at that time? They, I don't know what they were, but they were a lot. Was it fear? A little bit. Yeah. Also just like. More just overwhelmed, like, oh, man, she still has a hold on me. She'll always yeah. have a hold on me. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I wish her the best. You know, I was a little frustrated with how happy she looked, but for the most part, <laughs> I wish her the best. And uh, You'd rather she's, like, crying? And like, no, oh, no. Good. No, I'm joking. That's true. That's true. That's good. Yeah, I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just checking. Yeah, just checking to make sure I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming out ahead. Of, I want you to be happy, just not quite as happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was intense. Uh, what did I do last night? Uh, yeah, I hung out with you and, and the Farnster. Oh, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. He and was then, blowing my mind with YouTube videos. Was he? Yeah, he's a good YouTube curator. Dude, yeah, he, he's on top of everything. Yeah. If, if, like, if, like, there's, like, some obscure person, he's like, he's like, oh, I know who that is. That's a da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And yeah. you're like, god damn. He's like, yeah, I've been, I've been monitoring all the videos. And you're like, what? He's a talented guy. He's the Oracle. He is the Oracle. yeah. He's super talented. You know, it yeah. reminds me of the the guy in X Men, uh, who like types everyone into like the the, the Matrix. When the wait an X Men Tank is it Tank Tank yeah and his brother Dozer yeah uh, Tank and he's like all right let's start with Kung Fu or yeah <laughs> or Jiu Jitsu yeah yeah I know Jiu Jitsu or I know Kung Fu ah I think he likes it yeah unfortunately Tank has an untimely demise rest in peace poor tank you were a beast you were a tank um, um we got some fun topics this week yeah what do we got first up i thought this was really uplifting um school officials determined that high school football players caught running nude with an oreo between their ass cheeks were not hazed good they weren't forced to do this these guys volunteered for it out of you know a respect for legacy and uh, in an attempt to build camaraderie. And I think that's really beautiful. I love it. And I guess they took it from Blue Mountain State. And at the, in, the, in the show Blue Mountain State, if you lost the Oreo run, you had to eat the Oreo. But yeah. I guess none of these kids ate the Oreos. Well, I, I think it said that it wasn't determined whether or not they ate them. Yeah, I like to think that one kid, a leader... Yeah ate his Oreo. Yeah, I mean, just to set the tempo. If you're going to do an Oreo run, I think you got to go all in. I'm with you. Yeah. I'd eat it. I know you would. Thanks. 
But they, uh, they had to uh, analyze the footage to de- determine whether there was hazing. So I'd really love to be a fly on that wall. Not so I could see the teenage peckers, but just so I could see these professionals analyzing footage to see yeah. what it was like when these kids were running with Oreos between their butts. 30 interviews, analyzing video footage. They really went in depth. It's a hefty investigation. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the authorities cracking down on this? Do you think they're kind of anti, you know, fun and games and bonding? I do. But I also understand that's part of their gig, so they have to do it. But I'm confident that the young kids will find another outlet for their uh, camaraderie building. Yeah. I'd like to meet them. I think it's a creative young group of gentlemen. Um, I mean, although they did take it from Blue Mountain State, but I think it's a... You know, props to them for going there. Yeah. You know, as opposed to just like your typical icebreakers or like zip, zap, zop. Have you ever been hazed? Yeah. You like it though, right? Yeah, it's like hanging out with my older brothers, you know? It it's it creates a kind of warmth inside me. Yeah, you're able to interpret it as affection. Yeah, I think that's kind of the best kind of affection I know. I would always like haze myself and then get too much attention for it and then be like, fuck this, I'm out. And like, no, everyone's like... Dude, no one made you stick your head in the toilet. Like, you did it to yourself. I was like, yeah, well, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Dude, you didn't have to flash dong in front of the entire school. Yeah, like, no one forced you to wear a G-string to school. You decided to do that, and now you're mad that people are making a big deal of it. I'm like, well, it got different. Yeah, no, with my my brother, as like, my oldest brother, when I was a kid, I would be like, he'd come home from college and stuff, and I'd be like, please, just kick my ass. Like, just kick my ass, dude, like. Let's get after it, you know? And he'd, like, throw me in the pool, beat my ass, and uh, not, like, t- fully beat my ass, just sort of, like, throw me like, yeah, rough in the pool. Yeah, yeah. Just, more, it, more wrestling than punching. Yeah, yeah. It just it is a kind of a primal thing. Uh, and um, it's one of my greatest childhood memories, you know? And then, you know, he got a job, and I'm like, can you kick my ass? He's like, I have a job now. And I'm like, fuck, you know? Right. So, um, like, but what about your duty? Yeah. To beat this booty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I still wrestle my younger brother, and uh, he's a good sport about it. He lets me, he knows, well, you know what? And I've also gotten better at wrestling him because I used to wrestle him and go too far. Yeah. And he'd be like, ow, you really fucking hurt me. Yeah. Get off me, dumbass. And uh-huh. I'd be like, I'm a moron. Yeah. I wanted to show him that I was strong. And in that process, I ruined fun for both of us. But now I wrestle him the right amount where, like, we don't ever go to the ground. I just, like, I'm like, oh, we could have gone to the ground, but we're going to stay upright. Yeah. And then there's like a, it builds the bond because he knows that he's safe with me and that I'm not going to push it too hard. That's cool. My my brother Mark, he uh, he's so strong that he kind of like he, he'll he'll uh, you know, he'll like get on top of me or something or like push me down. And he's just there's so much strength. I'm like Jesus Christ, and he just he's one of those guys that doesn't know how strong he is. Dude, you know, I went I I was always small, yeah. and then at some point I got strong. And my dad and I got into a fist fight. Yeah. And because um, I was, uh, he wanted me to, I was using his credit card for porn and he wanted me to cancel it in front of him. And I told him I'd cancel it later. But I'd also just uh, met his girlfriend that he left my mom for that weekend. So I was, I was pretty pissed off. I didn't feel like doing something for him. Yeah. So I ended up um, roughing him up a bit. We got into a fight and I, I chucked him. And then um, my brother pulled me off and slammed me backwards. And I went, huh? And I looked at my brother, and I started walking towards him, and he went, dude! And I went, oh, sorry. <laughs> I snapped out of it. You're sort of like a gorilla stand. Yeah. I was like, oh, 
And I started walking towards him, and he just looked at me and he went, dude. And I was like, okay. What was your brother doing? He was just watching the fight? He was like, we were arguing, and I was like crying. And then once it got to the physical realm, he broke it up right away. Yeah, oh, there cool, was no cool. like blows thrown or anything. Yeah. Oh, you didn't land one? No, no. I, he said I chipped his tooth. Yeah. And I said, you're lucky I didn't knock out all your teeth. And then my dad quickly said, the only reason you can do that is because I pay for your gym membership. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good burn. Dude, my brother and I, uh, this, was, this was kind of a painful memory for me because um, I really kind of fucked him up. Uh, I think I was in like first grade. He was in, must have been in third grade. And um, it was around the holiday season. Everyone was Everyone was around. You know, I have like four other siblings, older siblings. Uh, and so we were all kind of roughhousing. And to my brother, he was kind of giving me an attitude. So I went double fist, hammered down on his balls. And uh, he was out, down and out for the count for like an hour. Did you feel bad afterwards? I think so. I can't remember. I think so. But he was like crying. So yeah, I must have felt bad. But I think I was so amped up with adrenaline because like my older brother Bill and my cousin Evan were there and I was like trying to impress them. And I was like, but I, they all, we all came to the agreement that it was a cheap shot. Right. So I couldn't be that proud of it. Yeah, when the older kids kind of decide whether what you did was okay or not that's kind of yeah. it it was we called it the intergalactic crotch wars oh that's a good name yeah so mark i'm sorry the for cosmos on his nuts yeah mark i'm sorry for hitting your nuts i know you're listening and uh i love you um and uh i know your nuts are doing well now hope your nuts are good dude i remember one time you whipped me in the ass with a belt before school it hurt and then i got him in the ass so we both just had big red marks across each other's asses Oh, that's nice. It's not really a good story, but it is. It is. <laughs> it just, you guys walking just, around with the same kind of yeah. Mark it was like it's like it was like eye for eye, except uh, welt for welt on ass, cheek for cheek. Yeah, cheek for cheek. Chad and I also this week uh, we uh, looked at all the best uh, Oscar acceptance speeches. Did you have a personal fave? I had to go with Ben and Matt. That was your favorite. Yeah, because the 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 amp and the. The, they were, it was so genuine and they were just so pumped and there was no uh it wasn't pretentious at all they were just so excited and it was just like two dudes who like came up together and they were just so excited to like have reached that pinnacle status and and it, and, and it, it the excitement grew at first they were scared and then they were, like the moment sank in and they were just like yeah 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 and the oscar goes to Jack ben affleck Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are childhood friends. They appeared together in Chasing Amy and Blue Will Hunting. I have to say, which Damon received on all the speeches, yeah. it seemed like in <laughs> the '90s people were very more loving of really one scary. another. It's really, really scary. people. Uh, people were what? Way more loving of one another. Right. It was sort of like they're like, "I love you, and I love you, and I love you," and now everyone goes up and makes like a political statement. Right. More serious now. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just really two young guys who ha uh, we're fortunate enough to be involved with a lot of great people wh whom uh, it's coming upon us to, there's no way we're doing this in less than 20 seconds, <laughs> who, on, upon whom it's incumbent of us to thank. Look how um, stoked Matt is. Damon looks like kind of lost. Yeah. Like he, he looks like, I don't know if his tux fits him right, and he looks like he kind of just uh, woke up. 
Harvey yeah. Weinstein, who believed in us and made this movie. Gus Van Sant for brilliant direction. Robin Williams, who delivered some straight lines. Minnie Driver, who's performed some brilliant. Stellan Skarsgård, who was great. Your brother. Um, my brother Casey, who's brilliant in the Cole movie. Hauser. Cole Hauser. My mother. <laughs> and Matt's mother, the most beautiful women here. My dad right party. over there. And um, Jack said hi to you. And, uh, All right. Who, who, who else? Uh, John uh, Gordon from Miramax. John Gordon. Uh, Chris Moore produced Chris the Moore. movie. And, Chris uh, Moore. Patrick Weitzel, the best agent in Hollywood. Yeah, and, uh, Patrick Weitzel. And Cuba Gooding for showing us how to give our acceptance speech. And uh, um, all our friends and, and family. Kate. And everybody back in Boston and, watching us tonight. And thank you so much, the city of Boston. And, 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 and God, I know we're forgetting somebody. Whoever we forgot, we love you. And we, we love you. Thank, <laughs> you. thank you so much. Thank <laughs> Yeah. The pump from Matt afterwards. Yeah. Whoever we, whoever we got, forgot, but thank you. <laughs> it is sweet. Yeah. What was your favorite? I think my favorite, and I think I've mentioned it on the pod before, is the Ving Rhames one. Oh, yeah. That's um, a good one. From when he wins... From when he wins the Golden Globe. I'll yeah. pull that one up real quick. Because what I like about this one is I love how strong Ving Rhames is, mm-hmm. and then I love how much he's crying. Yeah. You don't see a lot of uh, this. So he wins for playing Don King. All right, I'm going to pee real quick. What up, guys? It's me, Chad, right now. Just uh, solo rocking this mic. Um, guys, I just wanted to take a moment to recognize all the wood in this studio. I freaking love wood. And uh, this is a wood. I feel like I'm in like a cabin right now. And, uh, yeah, guys, get more wood in your life because I think it's really uplifting. Um, yeah, so just shout out to wood. I, I'm not a wood expert per se, but I would have to go ahead and guess that this is mahogany. Yep. Um, brought my shades in here. You know, I don't really have much against people who wear shades at night. You know, if you want to share, wear shades at night, do it. I think it's a cool look, you know. I think it's bold. If you're going to be a douche while doing it, cool. Keep, uh, but you just know that you're still, you're uh, solidifying that rep that people who wear shades indoors are douches, you know? So stokers, if you want to wear shades indoors, maybe try doing it and be like the nicest guy in the room and see if you can change it around. As we always do, Chad, before we get into the cues, Got that green drink oh, for you. Yes. Are we gonna do the cues first? Yeah. Up first, we've got Fred. Puzio is a bitch, and JT should totally beat his ass once again because fuck Puzio. Love the pod, Christian and Freddie. Is that the question? Yep. Thank you for confirming that Puzio is in fact a bitch. You guys are so nice, dude. I appreciate the backup. Uh, Puzio, if you're out there listening, they said it, not me. But if you have a problem with them, you got a problem with me. All right, next cue, Aaliyah. What up, Chad and JT? I recently got prescribed some anti-anxiety, antidepressant drugs, and I keep thinking that if people find out, they will think different of me. How do I let people know that this is something I take, but that doesn't make me any different as a person? Thanks, guys, and fuck Puzio. Can you, I'm sorry. Um, I was focused on the green juice. No worries, dude, of course. Uh, so, uh, a stoker was prescribed, um, anti-anxiety medication and they're worried that if people find out, they'll think differently of them. So they want to know how to handle it going forward so that it doesn't define them. Define them? Yeah. I don't think you have anything to worry about. 
Yeah, I really don't. I think the stigmas we put on ourselves are often the harshest ones. I mean, the way that I handle it is I just tell people up top. Mm-hmm. And uh, like my therapist and my brother say, I lead too largely with it. Like I give it too big of a seat at the table. But that's always just been easiest for me because I really don't feel like I've been any different since I started taking them, except I sleep better now. Yeah. And I've been a little bit less crazy. So it's been a. And here's the thing I think if you take medication to make yourself healthier, that's something you should be proud of. So don't have any shame about it. You know, you're on the cutting edge of taking care of yourself. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's a very common thing. And uh, I don't think if someone thinks poorly upon you for or differently, then uh, it's something on them. Yeah, probably something wrong with them. And I encourage you to listen to an episode of the School of Greatness with Charlemagne the God. He talks about his struggles with anxiety. And I'm like, damn, if Charlemagne the God has struggles with anxiety, then I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And good for you, Stoker, for, um, you know, taking the bull by the horns and dealing with what you got. All right. Next up, Fred. Yo, what up, fellas? A few nights a week, my roommate will get rowdy late at night, which prevents me from falling asleep. I have a busy schedule and need my daily uninterrupted slumber. I have asked him to keep it quiet while during weeknights so we could get extra rowdy during weekends. How should I get my roommate to keep it down during the week so we could rage hard on the weekend? Thanks for your help. Huge fan of the pod, Freddy. He's making a lot of noise. Yeah, the the dude's just partying during the weekdays and not being like considerate of his roommates who are trying to just get a good night's rest. Maybe designate like a loud zone. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Be like, we don't, because you can't really stop him from doing what he wants to do, but you could be like, here, here's the boundary, you know? Yeah, there's parameters to it. When you want to party, you go to like the front lawn. Yeah. And you wear headphones. Yeah. And then like, how do you enforce that if he doesn't listen? Like if he's a real asshole and he's not going to listen, how do you make sure he listens? I think that's when you resort to violence. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think violence could work. I think you just got to tell him, hey, dude, um, when you party like that, you look like an idiot. Oh, shame him? A little bit, yeah. Nice. I dig that. Like, I know you're having a lot of fun, but if I can be honest with you, the rest of us kind of think you're an idiot right now. And then he'll act like that doesn't hurt him, but if you tell him that, you know, a couple weeks in a row... Everything gets to everybody at some point. And if you're sincere about it. Yeah. If you're if you're not angry, you're calm, cool, collected. You just come out in your PJs and you're like, you're a grade A asshole. And everyone here thinks it. He's not going to want to party after that. No. Strider used to do that to me brilliantly. Like one time I was being a douche and I like locked Strider out of the car and he went to unlock it and like it was clicked and I was like sitting there smiling at him and he was just like, unlock the door, moron. <laughs> and I was like, um, yeah, my, that's that's a lot simpler. I was thinking you get like cones and you designate a space. Dude, I was literally I was like, can you get a soundproof like kind of like uh, enclosure or get like the Heineken dome from Coachella and be like, look, we got the Heineken dome for you. It's a headphone party. It's there for you. I like where we're at though, because <laughs> we don't want him to stop partying. We just want him to do it in a way that's contained, and then it becomes yeah. kind of fun. It's like he brings people back. He's like, this is my domicile. <laughs> It's where I party, dude. Did, yeah, my roommates built this for me. I just rage in here. Have you been in the Heineken Dome? No. Oh, it's you have it? No. Oh, it's amazing. What is it? You just put on headphones, so like everyone's listening to the same track, so it's silent in there. Oh, at Coachella? Yeah. Yes, I have done that. Yeah. I right. have done that. My you're, bad. You're just looking at your boys, you're just like... <laughs> 
But it's all just in your head. It's all in your dome. But you trust that everybody hears the same thing. Yeah, it's all in your dome. Bro relationship advice. Grant. Yo, what's good? Chad and JT. Love you guys. I've been a fan since day one. I go to Penn State, so shout out to Happy Valley. So I'm dating this girl that I've only been dating for a few months. She's great, and all of my friends and family love her. She is so nice and selfless and pretty and smart and all of that good stuff. But for some reason, I am not in love with her. I do love her and the person that she is, but I'm not in love with her. I can't see myself marrying her, and I know that is what she wants because she has told me about it. I'm only 20 years old and I'm not saying I'm not open to the idea, but she's not the right one. She is great and deserves to be with someone who loves her like she loves me. And I don't want to waste my time and her time with a relationship that I can't see working out in the end. So how do I go about ending things with her in the best possible way? I'd like to maintain a friendship with her because she's become one of my best friends, but I feel like this will break her and make her hate me. Any advice would be great. You guys seems to have a pretty, um, clear understanding of what's going on yeah at first i thought he was gonna ask what should i do i'm like i think you just laid it out right but in terms of how to go about doing it that's tough he knows he knows why though but is that too hurtful the honesty i mean i don't think he needs to tell her like full stop that you know he just doesn't reciprocate as deeply as she does but i think he can tell her that it's just not what he wants yeah. and you know the straightforward approach is always best let her know you care about her. Let her know you want to be friends. I think the harder part is actually after you have that talk, um, letting them hate you for a little bit because that's kind of normal. You know, mm-hmm. you can't rush into being friends again with someone after you break up. So you kind of have to let them be angry at you because they liked you so much that they're hurt. And that's it's hard to swallow, especially if you think of yourself as like a you know good dude. But yeah. um, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. If you're trying to preserve the friendship, too, drawing it out, too, is probably the worst thing you can do. So, yeah, uh, I think you're making a smart move by if that's how you feel, then ending it. But it's tough to say the right way to go about it. But just Just sit her down and tell her, let her down easy. Yeah, be honest, but not too honest. Yeah, yeah, be like judicious in what you're honest about. Yeah. Yeah. Emma, what do you think? Thank you guys for it. Thank Sweet. you. Thank you. All right. Cool. Squashing some beef. Benjamin, sup, my dudes? Ben and George here, and we just have a quick question about squashing some serious beef. The beef does not belong to us, but a friend of ours. We used to go to her place a lot last year and f- for pregames and such, but this year she has been Arby's beefing with her new roommates. The one time we were at her place this year, we happened to have donuts on us and offered them to her roommates, but they rejected our token of goodwill. Our question is, should we help try to squash this? None of them seem inclined to squashing it anytime soon, and we don't like seeing our friend uncomfortable in her own living space. Thank you for the wisdom in advance. You gotta stay out of it, dog. Yeah. That's a hornet's nest that you don't want to get involved in. Give her a good place to go when she comes to your place and hear her out when she complains. But uh, I wouldn't mess with um, someone on their home turf, you know? They, they, they want to squash the beef for her? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? It's like it's like the... Yeah, like what are, you, what, what are the options? Yeah. Can we th- problem solve our way to, an, to a solution? Can I read it? Maybe having a great rager at your place where you invite all of them and then they have such a good time that they have no choice but to uh, kind of want to kick it with you guys. I mean, I just feel like this is energy that would be better served going towards things that are 
more for you and easier to accomplish. Yeah. It's like, who are you, Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino? You haven't seen that movie? No, but I think I understand what you mean. Yeah. He's got to beat up a gang. Yeah. So we're going to go over there with <laughs> scare the shit out of I don't, right. I, Yeah, I just don't know what you can do. I, um, I like what you're saying. Give her sanctuary. And it's kind of on her. If if she's beefing with her roommates, she's got to bounce. Right. Move in together next year. Yeah. And uh, it's nice that they care so much, though. Yeah. But maybe just keep keep bringing, uh, offering uh, peace gifts. You know? Pastries. Yeah. I mean, it's the holidays. Maybe be like the three kings and like bring some gold and some myrrh and whatever the other thing is. Silk? Yeah, bring some silk. Just sort of be festive. That's what I'm getting at. Never bad advice. Yeah. Logan, hey dogs, long time listener here. So I don't go to many concerts, but the few I have been to, I felt super out of place. Like, obviously I like the artist. I'm trying to sing along and dance a little bit with the girlfriend, but for some reason I can't do it. Last concert I went to, the guy in front of me was going hard as fuck. Dude was singing and jumping and around and just overall killing it. How do I be that guy? How do I get myself to just let go and jam the way I want to? Thanks, boys. Fuck Puzio and stay stoked. Concerts are tough. Mm-hmm. I don't connect at concerts. Dude, just start moving. Yeah. Momentum builds on momentum. Yes. So if 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 you the more you think about it, the more the less you're gonna do. Like I remember at my brother's wedding, my dad, who like doesn't dance at all, he's he was grooving, you know, he looked like Herb Wesson out there just shaking it. And I'm like, what the fuck, dad? And he's like, he gave me this like he's like you will get on this dance floor right now and i was like god damn so i did and i just had to move um so the more you move the more you'll keep moving the more fun you'll have i'd say try not to think about just keep moving that's my advice i think chad's absolutely right how do you get to be that guy one step at a time one dance move at a time just build What's up, dogs? First off, I got to say the pod is epic. Y'all are amazing bros spreading nothing but sheer wisdom and love to bros worldwide. The world is... Thank you, dude. Anywho, I'm writing in because I have a sticky situation that I think you guys could help with. I've been dating this woman for a couple months now and everything is great. We both like the music scene, so we're always at shows and stuff, which leads to my problem. My all-time favorite brand... Bronco Worldwide is playing a show on Valentine's Day. When I found out this news, I immediately sent it to my girlfriend thinking that her stoke would be just as full as mine. Sadly as it was not, she she doesn't want to go to the Bronco show, which surprised me considering that we are always going to concerts together and also that Bronco fucking slaps. Give them a listen if you have a chance. She says it's because she doesn't listen to them. So my question is this. How do I drag my girlfriend to Bronco or is it simply not the move? Thank you, dogs, for the stoke elevation. Isaac. Could you possibly go with a bunch of your dogs? But not on Valentine's Day. Oh, it's on Valentine's Day? Yeah. It's a tough. I mean, I think he's just got to go see him another time. Yeah. He's got to compromise on that day. I haven't been great at Valentine's Day in my history, but um, you still got to try. You got to go to something they like. I one time saw like a Sylvester Stallone movie. I think it was like Bullet in the Head on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. which is a couple of my boys. You know, we were all single. And then I saw a guy come in with his girlfriend and I felt so bad for her. <laughs> Dear Chad and JT, I wanted to get some advice on a situation in my life. 
You guys always give me confidence and positivity to keep me going and remain stoked through rough times. Recently, there has been a lot of negativity in my life. I'm 20 years old in community college in a small town, so good times and good people are hard to come by. I have my best friend who is super gnarly, and we are moving to Hawaii next year. One of the bros we grew up with has recently been reaching out to hang out with us lately. Every time we chill, I get super negative vibes, constantly judging and undermining every idea that comes out of my mouth. I continue to hang with them, thinking it will be different, but every time I leave feeling like utter shit and my stoke tank is drained. The question is, do I completely cut off this person and go into straight grind mode the whole winter, or is there a way to stand up and hold my ground? Keep in mind he is a childhood friend. You guys are the best. Thank you. Also, could you leave my name anonymous? Thanks, bro gods. One of his friends just being a douche, and like, anytime he says anything, he's like, take an exception with it. I fucking hate when people are doing that. It's the worst. Because you could literally take exception with everything anyone's ever said. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if you had a beef with, like, MLK or Lincoln, you could take you could take exception to something they said during one of their great speeches. You could be like, oh, actually, the thing you said there is kind of not right. Because if you really think about it, it's actually more like this. Yeah. And they'd be like, all right, well, I'm kind of killing it, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, get, I get that he's a childhood friend, but um, if he makes you feel like shit, then... What's the point? I'm with you too, man. It sounds like this guy's just like miserable and he's, and people like that don't mean to, but he's going to make you miserable. And you sound like you got energy to feel good. So, you know, use that and put it in situations and environments where it's going to blossom, not be beaten down. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, um, be on the hunt for, uh, a better class of person to kick it with. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Girl that dumped me listens to the podcast. Going for a romantic gesture here. Hey, Chad. Hey, JT. I'm in dire need of your help. My stokometer is at an all-time low. I've been seeing this absolute dime for the past couple months. Everything was going great. She's far and away the most amazing girl I've ever dated, and she's told me the same about myself. Recently, she told me she was feeling like we needed to have a talk. We've been pretty good about being uh, honest and open with each other since day one, so this wasn't anything out of the blue. She voiced some concerns she was having, and we talked it out, and it ended us in, in us kissing and, seem, and making out. Or making up, rather. Sorry. I'm horny. Stoked. Cut to a half hour later when she texts me telling me things are over between us. I was completely caught off guard. I've never been so crushed at a relationship ending. I know she still has these feelings for me, but she can sometimes overanalyze things and get too far into her head. I just need some help with my next move, so I'm coming to my faithful bros. Do I give her space until she's figured out her thoughts and feelings? Do I try and reach out and talk things out with her? Do I go the romantic route and lay it all on the line until I'm completely in love with her, knowing she listens to the podcast and hopes she will hear this and I'll win her back? Any help is appreciated. So, um... They broke up, they made out and made up, and then when she left, she broke up with him again. And yeah. he's he's convinced that she still um, wants to be with him, but that she's just too mixed up to see that clearly. I mean, I, I love the idea of, like, the huge romantic gesture, but I think, I think you got to give her space. I love to it, too. It out. I love where his head's at. I love that he wrote in, yeah. hoping that she would hear this. Yeah. I love that he's taking big swings. Yeah. But, um... I think you gotta Cause I th- I find think, a new pitcher. Yeah. To take swings on. Yeah. I think uh, probably in her dome right now, she's all like trying to figure things out. So if you keep coming in and keep coming in, she isn't gonna have time to like figure out what she really wants. Smart. So I think the best option you have is to give her space, let her figure it out, maybe miss you a little bit, and then she'll be like, "Hey, maybe I did want to." 
date uh, whatever his name is. And if he tries to be a guide for her through her own head, he's just going to get lost in there as well yeah. and lose sight of who he is. Yeah. So I think um, all this great um, instincts he has need to be put towards uh, something that's going to reciprocate in yeah. a more healthy way. But we got to acknowledge that this is like a beast, move. real living Jerry Maguire. Like, what up, dude? I'm hoping it works. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. But yeah, dude, uh, just, I think just give her some space. And then, you know, because, uh, you know, I mean, you, you know, you can't convince someone to feel a certain way. They got to like, yeah. make the decision on their own. So, but I would uh, just watch some Tom Cruise movies, get your confidence back, do some crunches, and just be a beast. Yeah, be a beast. <laughs> I love it. All right, dudes. Thanks for writing in this week. That was some good stuff. Now let's get into our next phase. Chad, who is your babe of the week? My babe of the week is the Flying Dutchman order at In-N-Out. Stokers, if you didn't gather from the last pod, the Flying Dutchman order is when you go to In-N-Out, you say, let me get a Flying Dutchman. I usually order like three. Um, Just saying. Um, So it's uh, two patties. With cheese, two slices of cheese in between. It is so good. And that's all it is. So you eat like the two patties like a friggin' sandwich. So there's no bread, nothing, just meat and cheese. And my brother and I, we went to New Orleans and we drove to New Orleans, 18 hour drive. No, we drove from New Orleans to Santa Fe, 18 hour drive. We got, I wanna say like 20 Flying Dutchmen for the trip. That's all we needed. We just were. I opened the box. It looked like a box of donuts, except with meat. So it had that same aesthetic. So I'm like, wow, we're eating donuts right now. But it's protein. I'm getting jacked. It's cheese. I'm feeling good. Shout out to Sean Baker. What up? Um. So yeah, and thank you In and Out for uh, just providing such an amazing option. I mean, it's just incredible that you guys have that on the menu. And uh, of course, you guys kill it. At the, I've heard from my brother that Whataburger has a good Flying Dutchman kind of thing. So I've never been to Whataburger, but I always hear about it. Um, but uh, the Flying Dutchman, I mean, you just look at the two patties together with cheese, and it just looks like a freaking babe. And I got to give it the babe of the week status. So shout out. Who's your babe? Stage act, dog. My babe of the week is Jalen Hurts, the uh, backup quarterback at Alabama. Now, he was the starter for the first two years of his career, went to – one or two national championship games, was the SEC player of the year, was a very distinguished uh, quarterback. But then in the national championship last year against Georgia, he was benched at halftime because he wasn't playing great, got replaced by Tua Tavalayo Lago. I'm so sorry. But um, who went on to win the game and took his job the next season. But Jalen did not transfer. He stayed at Alabama, and I was actually kind of upset about it because I wanted him to maximize his career and be able to play somewhere else and, you know, be a starting quarterback like I think he's good enough to do. But he stuck it out at Alabama, and he never complained, and he was always pretty stoic and positive on the sidelines. And then this year in the SEC championship game, Alabama's playing Georgia. The starting quarterback, Tua, gets hurt. They're down by 13. He comes in. Incredible narrative symmetry. And I'm like, please, Jalen, win this game. And sure enough, this fucking dude leads them on a couple of touchdown drives, slings the ball better than I've seen him do it, which was always kind of his weakness, and leads them to victory. Jalen, you're a stud, dude. You're a babe. 
I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. And you know what? Honestly, I hope you start in the natty somehow. I don't want Tua to be hurt, but I just want you to be the starter. And it'll be the, you'll do the impossible. You'll make me root for Alabama. I'll root for the dark side. I'll be rooting for Vader. Because in this story, Vader like got replaced by another Vader. And you had to see him sit there and pout while the new Vader was lightsabering people. And he was like, I wish I had my lightsaber. And then in the third act, he does get his lightsaber back. And then you're like, you know what, Vader? Kill the rebels. I dig it. Who is your legend of the week? Dude, it's a funny thing you're talking about Darth Vader because my legend of the week is Hayden Christensen's hair in Revenge of the Sith, the uh, third Star Wars of the new one with George Lucas. Yeah, the, I guess, what would you call them? The middle? Uh, yeah, the... The, the one where, where he turns into Darth Vader. Yeah. So Hayden Christensen... I call them the episodes, I guess. Yeah, Hayden Christensen, if you don't know, he plays Anakin Skywalker, who eventually turns into Darth Vader. And I just want to give a shout out to his flow in the third one because it was just all time. It was epic, dude. It was epic. You know, you watch that and like the lightsaber, the sound, the, everything about the movie was just the, the special effects was amazing. But the most amazing thing was that flow. You know, I was like, damn, he really grew into himself. He looks like a master Jedi now because he mastered his flow, you know? And um, I mean, he, he beats you and McGregor. Yoda, I don't even know what's going on on his dome. It's green. Um, Samuel Jackson, no hair. So I think it's safe to say that he had the best flow out of all the Jedis. Um, so, and, uh, it inspired me, inspired my hairstyle. You know, when I saw it, when I saw it as a, however old I was, you know, like 12 or something, when I saw that flow, I was like, that's what I'm going to look like in my twenties. That's what my flow will be like. And on top of that, I think his flow made his demise in the movie all the more tragic because it all burned off you know so i don't know what i was more upset about the death of his wife or the death of his flow i appreciate your vulnerability picking the hair over the 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 wife amidala and they say a sith only deals in absolutes but i'm going to absolutely agree with you his hair being dead was fucking hard on me when you watched it I burn, could, I don't think I could acknowledge it out loud because I was embarrassed. But you're right. That's what caused Obi Wan to like look away because he's like watching him burn. And then he just goes, "Oh, that's when the hair caught on fire." My legend of the week is Ilya. Ilya is my landlord. Ilya is always at the building. I mean, he's he says he manages a bunch of buildings. I don't know how he does it because he's always at my building, and. You know, when I first met him, I was like, this guy's destined to be a B for the week because he picks up the checks on the first of the month. Mm. And if you don't have it on the first, he makes you pay a late fee, even though it's like customary in America that you have till the third. He doesn't play by those rules. He wants it on the first. And if it's not in there by noon, he's knocking on your door. And he's like, JT, your roommate, Greg, where's this check? Every month, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to come here to ask for the check? Please, please, JT, please, please. And, uh... At first, it annoyed me, but now I've spent so much time with the guy. I just fucking think he's awesome. Like, he's just always there, and he's always fixing stuff. And if I tell him there's a problem with the apartment, I'm like, Ilya, um, like, my AC's busted. He's like, I'll come by in an hour. I fix it. And he does. And I swear, he'd fix it even if I wasn't paying him. He does it for love of the game. The guy just likes to fix stuff. He's very uh, boundaryless. He'll just walk into your apartment like... Uh, one time he just walked in without me letting him in. And I said, Ilya, you can't walk in without me letting you in. I was like, go outside. He's like, really? 
And I was like, please. And he's like, okay. He played along. He let me do it to him. And uh, people who are boundaryless but are at least aware enough about their boundarylessness to like accommodate other people when they get called out for it, they're cool. And so, Ilya, you're honest to God, the best landlord I've had. And, uh, you know, you're a quirky dude, but your quirks are what make you lovable. So you're my legend of the week. I love it. All right, dude. Who is your beef of the week? My beef of the week is the death of Blockbuster. I love Blockbuster. I would go as a kid. I would always see Braveheart in the aisles. There's something about, you know, it's such a, a momentous moment of joyousness and all kinds of isnesses. Um Because it was just a place you could go. We could be like, all right, what's our entertainment going to be for the night? Movie. What are we going to watch? I don't know. Let's look at the selections. Now, you know, I want to hate on, like, the, you know, all the streaming services, but I'm going to hate on them a little bit, you know, because the same, when you can just hold a DVD in your hands or a video game in your hands where you're like, I'm going to rent this and I'm going to watch this shit, there's just something so much more satisfying about it, except as opposed to when you just click on a movie and you're like, all right, now we're going to watch Braveheart. But when you go to a blockbuster and you pick out Braveheart and then you watch Braveheart and then you return it, that's like I destroyed that movie in the best way possible. Blockbuster, I just want to say I miss you, dudes. Um, shout out to Randy, uh, the manager of the Blockbuster I would go to. He's a beast, kind of. He would hit on my mom a little bit, so that was kind of weird. But um, other than that, dude, like you had great movie taste. You know, you always pointed out the new Tom Cruise movie and whatever was good and um i just missed the aisles so i, I did too yeah quick uh blockbuster anecdote i went there one time with strider when we were in high school to rent a movie mm-hmm. and uh, we went to rent the movie i think it was a uh, gross point blank and they were like you need id and i was like i don't have id and then strider went um hold on and out of his wallet pulled out my freshman year high school id and handed it to the guy he found it at my place Stuck it in his wallet, held on to it for a couple years, and then busted it out at that moment. Beautiful. My beef of the week is with the triple-double. The basketball stat, when you hit 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and 10 points, or you can do it in funkier ways with steals or blocks, and you know, even some people do goofy versions with turnovers. But I'm talking about just a conventional triple-double. Now, it is a great indicator of versatility and skill, but it's diminished if you're chasing it. If you're stat chasing to get that triple-double, I'm sorry. It just doesn't have the same meaning. And yes, I'm talking about Russell Westbrook. He's breaking the triple-doubles record, and I think he's a tremendous talent, but his obsession with the triple-double has made me not like it as much. When I see Steven Adams blitzing away from an offensive rebound so Russ can grab it, I'm like, am I watching genuine basketball, or am I watching the exaltation of one guy above his teammates? All right, dude. Time for our quotes of the week. Do you have a quote? Not yet. All right, I have a rather long one. I'm sorry. I, I had to go long on this one. It's all good. My quote of the week is from uh, the American songwriter and singer Kid Rock. He's got a lot of great songs, but this song right here, and all credit to the Roby Brothers for showing it to me and telling me this, is the greatest pregame song ever. What's it called? Cocky by Kid Rock. Oh. I'll, uh, I'll read you the entire first verse and the chorus. Guess who's back? I used to be broke, confused, no joke. Got used, smoked dope, paid dues, refused to give up quick. Now there's 10 million motherfuckers on my dick. Sold what? Say how? Say who? 
Fuck what? Fuck me? Fuck you. Come clean. You know I will. Drink a fifth of Jim Bean and still stand still. I'm the illest fool. Cooler than the water in a swimming pool. Fly like a seagull. Kicking like a mule. More jams than a beetle from Liverpool. I deliver, fool. Now who the fuck are you? I'm kid motherfucking rock from the old school. Got more money than Matchbox 20. Get more ass than Mark McGrath. And then the chorus. They say I'm cocky. And I say what? It isn't bragging, motherfucker, if you back it up. They say I'm cocky. And I say what? It isn't bragging, motherfucker, if you back it up. My, uh, my quote is from um, Me, Myself, and Irene. Jim Carrey. You know, there's so many good quotes in there. I'm having trouble picking the best one. I'm going to go with this one because uh, he's being an environmentalist. He sees like a baseball player flick a cigarette. He's like, hey, ringworm. And the guy looks around. Yeah, I'm talking to you, you toxic waste of life. You going to pick up that butt? Or do I have to glue it to the end of my shoe and stick it in your big fat pimply a-hole? He's like, hey, man, take it easy. It's just a cigarette. Oh, yeah? Well, this is just a fist. When I start throwing it around, it can leave one hell of a mess. Amazing. Great shit talking. Hank. Way to be green, Hank. Hank Evans. Being green. Thank you, Jim Carrey, for being green. You're a beast. Dude, I think that's it. Cool. We want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Douglas Lubricant. Thank you, Douglas, for being the best in the biz at providing smooth-ass boning. Douglas, you know what time it is. Stokers, when you bone, you need to bone well, and you need to bone right, and you need to bone smooth. Don't be afraid to put some lube in the play, okay? This is your day to make it your way. Use Douglas. They have got tons of flavors, original, or mango, orange, purple, anal, and uh, they provide the best in smooth boning. So when you choose, when you choose lube, choose Douglas with Douglas. And real quick, uh, I've been uh, doing ads for Danny Babona for the better part of a year now for UCI baseball. Um, you know, if you're a young buckaroo out there on the diamond and you need to go to a good college, UCI is the place to go. They should call it UC Newport Beach because it's right there. But you got even more reason to go now because my friend Daniel Babona is now a father. Congratulations, Danny. I can't wait to meet Colt. Congratulations, Kirsten. You guys are going to be dynamite parents, and I can't wait to watch that kid turn into a big leaguer. And I'm going to fucking be there every step of the way. Beautiful. Guys, that'll be it for episode 40-something of uh, Going Deep and Chat JT. Thank you guys so much for writing in, for being stokers, and uh, for uh, everything. Check out bonus content at patreon.com slash chat goes deep. And uh, shout out to our sponsors. Thank you guys very much. And uh, I got to hang out with my godson more, though. You have a godson? Yeah. Who? Angel. Oh, for sure. Shout out to Angel. What up, Angel? That's it. Later. <laughs>